0: Welcome to the Faculty New Books Podcast, covering the latest authors and publications from across the subject spectrum. What a remarkable thing globalization is. If we're to try and describe the significance of engaged globalization theory and critical reflexivity, we need to go back to the question of theory itself in a way, because theory is not fashionable these days, or at least theory hides in the dark in those dark recesses behind the colorful claims that many commentators make as they describe and argue about the world. And most commentators say they're just describing the world. They're just describing what is based on evidence, facts, but in doing so, they inevitably bring preconceptions, prejudices, biases, and so on. And these preconceptions are hidden theories. So engaged theory responds to this tendency by trying to bring the theoretical dimension up front. It's an orientation rather than a theory or a single theory about everything or a single theory about something even. It's not a grand theory. It's an integrated method for understanding complexity. So I'll make a couple of claims here maybe that make this a bit clearer. It's engaged in making theoretical claims with a method of making those claims as made apparent. It's not hidden. It's not used to intimidate, it's there and it's there to so we can show the workings of the claims. The second point, perhaps even the more important point, is that it's engaged in the world. That is, it builds upon past theory and tests that theory against the world. The world as we know it now and the world as we once knew it. Now, when I say that, I don't mean as we think we know it because the way in which we often assume we know the world and this is where the critical reflexivity comes in, is often based on those same prejudices. A lot of commentators have been saying that globalization has been going backwards over the last few years because they understand globalization to be firstly economic, but also they understand it to be trade. And because trade is being curtailed by Covid and various other things which are happening around the world including the war on ukraine then what they're saying is globalization is being tested and it's in trouble it's a peculiar thing globalization is not in trouble it's just a process it's a process of linking people extending social relations around the world and so when they say that they're missing out on the ways in which Globalization is being extended across all sorts of other domains, including communications and so on. So even if trade and the movement of tourists has gone down, a number of other globalizing processes have been actually expanding at an exponential rate. And I also mean the worlds we once knew. And I don't mean just because we thought we learned them from high school. So when we learned about Copernicus and somehow that when he said the world is a globe, this is the first time humans understood this because the Greeks had a heliocentric notion of the world going back to the fifth century BC. Now, we have all these prejudices, we have to get over them. And so engaged theory attempts to understand these worlds in a way that's reflexive. Thirdly, engaged theory is critical. But criticism here is not the basis of its being. In the old days of grand theory, probably in the the late part of the 20th century, going back to the mid 20th century, there was a lineage called critical theory, which was incredibly important. Born of that 20th century, terrible regime of war, fascism, totalitarianism, mass consumption, capitalism, and critique was its raison d'etre. But decades on, while that critique still holds, or still holds in parts, the it has little purchase and what engaged theory is doing is responding to this kind of thing and putting the emphasis on understanding the world before it does the critique. The fourth thing is that engaged theory recognizes the act of theorizing is an act of making the world. So when Freud discovered the unconscious, when said it was there all along, but we hadn't thought about it, when Marx wrote about the category of class, when Einstein, suggested that time is relative. They're all giving us ways of thinking about the world. And these ways of thinking also change the world. All theory, in small, insignificant, but sometimes big ways, does this. It changes the world, it acts in the world, and that's what engaged theory tries to be conscious of and tries to understand how, in the minimal way that it will, it has an impact upon the world. And fifthly, it is, it engages, it engages across all domains of social life. It includes ecological, economic, political, and cultural. Now, I say that, and you wouldn't, shouldn't have to say that, because the economics has become so powerful in our way of thinking that it has taken over. And so to be reflexive in it through engaged theory is to look at the processes including those which made the economic the most powerful domain of all, at least in our consciousness, at least in our sense of how we act and why. And so to be critically reflexive, to respond to that first big question, is to do more than reflect the world back to itself. It attempts to understand it, and it tends to understand it in all its complexity. So let's take one big question and see where it takes us. What is the relationship between globalization, capitalism, imperialism, and colonialism? That is such a massive question. To answer a question as complicated as that requires we know what globalization is. And so my colleagues and I have defined it as the processes of extension and intensification of social relations across world space. So this is talking socially, relationally. That is, how are we... ended in our relational connection to others across world space. Now, there's no suggestion in that that globalization is the expansion of the global market. In fact, that's a tautology in itself, an expansion of the market. The market or capitalism, the dominant market today, is just one dimension of this. And you'll notice I didn't even use the term connectivity. And even if connectivity is an important dimension, I just used it there in a kind of hint to say the emphasis is here on relationality because sometimes the consequences of disconnection about whatever it happens to be economic disconnection is one of the most basic forms of globalization is used through things like sanctions as an attempt to make effects in the world so the ongoing effects of globalization including the effects of disconnection need to be taken into account so to those other monstrous concepts let's say capitalism Capitalism and globalization are not the same thing, though many use the term as overlapping. Capitalism is a, is a mode of production and exchange, which connects people, of course, but it, it builds a system of market relations across the world. So capitalism has been one of the driving forces of globalization. No doubt about it. But there are other forms of globalization which do not depend upon capitalism and capitalism is separate from. If we then link to imperialism, which is an even more difficult term these days, it was, we've forgotten what it means. Imperialism is just the extension of power across a different sovereign people at a distance. Now, therefore, imperialism was one form of globalization, but it was more than that as well. And imperialism in its current phases doesn't depend upon territories or holding people to account whereas colonialism and we take the British Empire which globalized across the world the British Empire carried the command of territories and the bodies of people across the two-thirds of the planet so imperialism, globalism and colonialism are bound up with each other no doubt about it but we have to make sure that we don't understand the same thing otherwise we get it caught in the notion that we're against globalisation and. There are actually good forms of globalisation as well as bad forms, and we need to know what we're saying when we make those claims. Now, the next big question is, what does that mean for locality, for for the global local nexus and the changing dynamics of globalisation? Well, globalisation is always enacted locally in some way, in some place. Globalisation is not this master category which sweeps across the top and holds things in place is enacted in small ways locally all the time it's the patterns of those local activities instantiated in structures of activity that make for globalization that doesn't mean everything is global there are a lot of things which are quite local and and maybe this is a bit ironical there are things which are local, which are caused by global processes. And even the process of what's called localization is caused by global processes. That is the self-conscious sense that I am local, as opposed to just being local, as opposed to just living in this place, going about to everyday business, watching the birds, planting some crops. The process of recognising and fetishizing sometimes your locality has become a global process. So locality has become an important part of globalisation. Hence, there are words around which sound confusing, but are really not. Globalization is one of those very confusing sounding words. It just means the pattern by which the global is localised, the pattern by which local activities extend into the global. So this double movement back and forth. There are lots of micro movements, lots of local movements that never become global, and there are lots of global movements that never have an effect upon that particular local settings. So if we take all that together, what does it mean to speak of an integrated method of analysis? So often writers come along and develop a theory of this and that. But the idea of an integrated method of analysis is not to start with the thing that you're trying to understand, but to start with a method which enables you to sensitizes you to how you might best go about analysing the world you want to describe. And when you choose a theory, that theory has to be consistent. It's got to carry through. It's got to have an elegance. It's got to have a minimal sense that it can actually explain more than itself and more than the particular thing that you're trying to understand. So in taking that in relation to globalization theory, if you said, for example, there are periods in which globalization decreased in the world, that would make complete sense because globalization is just a pattern of the extension of social relations. But if you said there are things, there are moments in history where globalization declines so radically that we actually say it's de-globalization, and the World War One and World War Two were two instances of that, you'd just be being stupid. That is, what you've taken is your theory about globalization, meaning that trade is the key, and if trade goes down, as it did in World War Two, World War One, then globalization is declining. But what you've missed out on, and I'm actually naming a particular theoretical line of approach when I say this, what you're naming Is this period of the globalization of war as somehow being a downturn of globalization? And this is what this is the tension in globalization theory. People get into so many different problems. We're trying to understand. And if they came back to those basics and they had an integrated method of analysis, which enabled them to understand how things relate to other things then that life would be a little simpler. We wouldn't have some stupid journalism and big pronouncements on what's happening to globalization as we are at the moment. Finally, do I feel the field should move to a single integrated theory of globalization? No, no, no. Um, This approach, this approach engaged theory is an integrated approach. What I'm in favor of is other people developing integrated approaches. This may not be the best approach. Engaged theory might not be the best way of doing it. We need to have contesting theories, contesting ways of understanding things. There are a number of theories in the world which have just become so integrated. And I think of Darwinism as an example. But we now know that in fact, Darwin's theory needs a whole lot of qualifications and adjustments and replanning. But nobody allows that to happen because this one integrated theory of social change in the evolution of species has taken over. And the complexity of theory requires that we have different voices, different ways of understanding the world, and that we can test and argue about these things. The world is too complicated but it's also in too important to get ourselves into the idea that somehow one theory can explain anything or everything one theory is only a theory it's an attempt to understand everything and when we put forward something like engaged theory the modesty we have to put that forward with is quite important because what we're trying to understand is a world that is in crisis disjunctive falling apart And under those circumstances, the tendency would be to simply say, we've lost everything. And at the same time, with an integrated theory of how this world is changing, we can actually do something about it. And we can think about what might be better practices for this planet.